Hi everyone, it's the Shegulala Salami Show. It's a podcast show set in a virtual cafe and I'm your host, Shegulala Salami. If this is your first time listening to the show, the show, like I said, is a, um, is a podcast show set in a virtual cafe. Listeners can expect to learn something new, be motivated, be inspired, but hopefully take something away from taking the time to listen um, to us. Um, I get guests from all work supplies, author and non-authors come on the show and they share their experiences um, with us. So I think before I go into the show properly, I would then be asking, how is everyone doing with the lockdown? I think the thing that's helped me the most is that, you know, um, we've got some ducks in our backyard and I literally just love watching them. So it's definitely helped me cope, you know, with the lockdown and not being able to go anywhere. And ducks are the most amazing creatures all, you know, in the world. Like they just have such strong personalities and, you know, we've got some check-ins with them and literally the ducks are like the king of the backyard, right? Like literally they're bossing everyone around. So does bring a smile to my face but before I do get carried away um who have I got here with me today my name is Mark Piggott I'm a author of the fantasy novel series Forever Avalon my third book The Outlander War was just recently released by Austin Macaulay Publishers uh they're in the UK as a matter of fact and I am calling from the United States pleased to be here with you Hello, Mark. Pleased to be um, have you as well. Um, whereabouts in America are you? I'm in Alexandria, Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C., uh, also under lockdown like the rest of you. Uh, I've been about a month now, uh, just me and my wife and my uh, Westie, Sully, uh, in our apartment here. Okay, so how have you guys been keeping sane with the lockdown? Uh, a lot of what my wife does it through exercise and I do it through writing. I've, I've been focusing on my writing um, as well as I'm still teleworking from home. So between work and my own writing, that's been keeping me sane. Uh, for my wife, she exercises a lot. And for the both of us, it's just taking our dog on walks. Okay, so your lockdown, do they allow people to go out for walks as well? Oh, uh, yeah, we are. It's, it, you're limited. You know, you go, everybody's got to do the whole social distancing. Um, ba- mm. Basically, I think walking is all we can do pretty much right now besides that and go to the grocery store. I think those are the two things that we're allowed to do. So it's been pretty isolating uh, for us. Uh, Kevin's seen too much of our kids. Uh, and they're all grown anyway, but they're out and about and, and everything. So it, it's been a, a, a real experience in this sense. Uh, why I was asking though, because again, I'm part of several parenting groups on Facebook and it's like, you know, there's always someone putting pictures. It's like, you know, this person is so selfish. How dare they go on the walk? How dare they go to the park? You know, um, when there's social distance and it's like the mommy brigade in our areas, you know, they're on full patrol, right? So, you know, curtain twitchers. No, here it's it's not really a lot like that. Uh, I, I think because a, a lot of people in in our area in our neighborhood especially we have our dog owners so we're we we are very familiar with each other so we're always out and about and you know being safety conscious with everything but we're still uh, enjoying those walks because you know you you can't stay stuck in the house it's just too much you got to get out and get that fresh air it's what helps motivate you and get through this i think 
Yeah. Well, you know, like the authorities say, stay home, mm-hmm. save lives. Hopefully, the more we do this, the more we can reduce the spread of the coronavirus and we can, our lives can get back to normal um, as quickly as possible. Hopefully, not too much longer. Um, in the meantime, my dogs are entertaining me and my daughter, which is the most important thing. Um, but yeah, so what book have you been writing? Because you say you've been doing some writing. What have you been writing recently? Well, I, as I said, my third book in my, I'm a fantasy author. And so I, I delved into the, into the world of kind of, I guess the best way to explain it is to look at the King Arthur mythology and what happened next. And that's, kind of where I've taken my Forever Avalon series about what happened after the death of Arthur and trying to make people understand it better through bringing in a modern family to this medieval fantasy world. And I've this is my third book. I'm actually working on the fourth one of the series now, getting ready to send that one to a publisher and uh, going on from there. Okay, okay. So you're going to be sending a publisher. Are you not going to go with Austin Macaulay anymore? No, they're, I'm, I'm with them, and they've been great, actually. They're one of the better publishers I've worked with um, since I started writing uh, back in uh, the early 2000s. My first book wasn't published till 2009 by a small publisher, independent publisher here in the United States. And uh, actually, they, the owner uh, and... Uh, editor-in-chief of that he passed away uh, about you know a few years ago and so with him passing away the company shut down so my book wasn't available anymore so I actually had to take my first book since I own the rights to it and republish it through Amazon through their uh, publishing program Uh, so that was that was an interesting experience in itself with that um, my second book, The Dark Tides, was published through another independent publisher uh, here in the United States, uh, iUniverse. Um, and they've been great, but just not, you know, it's hard for someone who's self-publishing. You've got to find that right one that's where the money you're spending on publishing is worth the cost of that you're putting into it. Um, Austin McCauley, like I said, they've been the best one I've had so far because They've actually done more editing, uh, the cover design, uh, promotion. Everything they've done with it has been worth what I paid for them for that. And when you're not a signed author where, you know, they're, you know, somebody's writing you checks to publish, you know, you've got to pay for, you've got to pay for artwork and for uh, editing and all that. And those costs can add up which is why I don't mind, you know, people say don't pay to publish your book. Well, I pay to publish because I get somebody to look at my book to make sure I'm spelling, you know, look at my editing, all of that, do the cover design, everything I would pay for out of pocket separately. I'm, it's all in one place. And I just think that works for me when you got editing, marketing, art all together. Yes. Yes. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I think the publishing world, you know, has been changing quite drastically. And, you know, people, some people are still a bit slow to getting up to speed with the way the world is today. Because, yes, back in the day when you had, you know, the traditional publishers, you didn't need to do that. And they would normally be the ones to um, give you some money, rather, rather than you paying out money. But 
you know, with Amazon and, um, you know, the whole self-publishing make being easier now, you do need to pay for these things um, upfront. Um, so why um, are you not, are you not going to go? I think, let me start again. Are you not going to go with Austin Macaulay for your fourth book or are you going to be going with them? Well, like I said, I just started, my third one was just released in February and we're actually getting started rolling yeah. on marketing and getting everything out. And then unfortunately, right. coronavirus happened. So that's been put on kind of a yes. stall. I mean, I was I was set to do some book festivals um, here in the U.S. coming yeah. in the spring. And all those have been canceled now. So now I'm pushing ahead to the fall. So I'm kind of on a delay in the respect of I, I right now I do plan to continue with Austin McCauley. Like I said, they've been great. Um, I, I just have to, you know, take one things one step at a time right now. Yeah. I mean, I do know that the coronavirus has made a lot of things sort of more or less stand still. But I also think that because the world is, a, is at a standstill, especially for people who provide virtual services. So for instance, eBooks, right? You don't need to go to a physical bookstore to buy one, you know, podcasts, music, you know, you don't need to be somewhere physical to do that. So I think that this is also a great time for authors because more people are at home, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, businesses have crashed. A lot of people have had to stay home. In the UK, we've got something called zero hour contracts. So, you know, a lot of people on zero hour contracts are then having to stay home. So when everyone, literally their lives have stopped, then they need something to get rid of boredom. So some people turn to books, some people turn to podcasts, some people turn to radio. So for an author, I think this is a really good time to get more people to know about what you're doing, though, don't you oh, think? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I agree with that 100%. It's been, for someone like me, again, one of the things being a self-published author is that you're doing a lot of your own social media outreach. Um, I have my own you know, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for me as an author, and I'm pushing my books out every day you know, to – to people trying to get, get garner that interest. And again, working through like Austin McCauley, when I tag them on it, they then push it out as well. So it helps in the law in, in those areas when you have a, a good publisher to help you push out your, your, your novels. And again, yeah, absolutely. This is a great time when you're stuck inside, you know, you get into my books and I'm taking you flying over the, over Avalon with dragons on the wing and, uh, you know, fighting against everything and anything under the sun. Yes. You know, this is the perfect time for escapism, right? Like I love escapism, you know, I, I hate the real world. <laughs> so I love books because they just take me somewhere else that, you know, does not resemble planet earth at all. Um, so yeah. So uh, what are you, what are your books? I know you've talked about fantasy and dragons, but you know, what's the, for lack of a better way to ask this, what is your book's unique selling point? What makes your books different to other fantasy books about dragons? Well, I think with, with the Forever Avalon series, as I said, it's that approach of what happened next in the King Arthur mythology. What happened after Arthur died? Um, my, my books take mm -hmm. the approach of that uh, Merlin saw Arthur's death as the end of the age of magic on our world. And he took, he, uh, combined his power with that of through Excalibur and 
brought all things magical to Avalon. So now Avalon exists outside the real world to where, why it's why we don't have magic in our world. It's all on Avalon. And Avalon, you know, is, and my, my premise of bringing a modern family and such to Avalon is that Avalon is only accessible through the Bermuda Triangle. When you think of all the people and planes and ships that have disappeared over the years, well, when they disappeared, they ended up on Avalon. And so you have a way of, of transitioning from the, the modern world to this medieval fantasy world through a shipwreck at sea. And that's how my the adventure all starts and uh, takes you through that of how a modern family finds himself on Avalon and having to exist in this new world uh, that where they, you know, they seem out of place. Yeah. Okay. That's quite interesting. Um, so, what are the what are the things you've learned? You know, since publishing your first book, did you say it was in two thousand and nine? Yeah, my first book, Forever Avalon, was published in two thousand nine. The second book in the series, Dark Tides, was in twenty fourteen, and my latest novel, The Outlander War, uh, that's the third book to complete this first trilogy. Uh, that was just published this year in February of twenty twenty. Um, I've learned, I, I can really say that as an author, number one, I've learned about what to look for in my writing, uh, specifically about the difference in, in writing when you're writing something in past tense, present tense. You've got to, as a storyteller, you're always talking in the past because you're telling the story. Yeah. So, it, it, and it's hard because you're thinking in the present, but you're writing about the past. So it's that that's kind of got, you've got to garner that in your head as you're writing. It's 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 something unique that I've never thought of before until now, of course. Until now, of course. Uh, yeah. Um, the other thing I, I, I've really learned in my writing is research. That is the biggest thing that for an author. I I've incorporated all mythologies within my novel. I'm talking, you know, we're okay. talking not only English you know, mythology of elves, dwarves, and things like that, but Scandinavian, Germanic, Russian, even African, because, uh, I, you know, well, one of the things I incorporated in my novel is the fact of that, you know, when there were slave ships going from Africa to the United States across the Atlantic, so one of them might have got through yeah. and crashed on Avalon. So you have an yeah. entire culture of people different from medieval fantasy, you know, that, that created their own little section of Avalon as their own culture, their own world. So to do that, I had to research African mythology uh, about about the way they per, per, perceive the, the world and their myths and legends, of course. Okay. So which ones did you make reference to in your book? I'm curious. Um, I'm, uh, the uh, legend of Adihuedo, the rainbow serpent that created the world and that lives under the ground uh when you the the legend goes that adihuedo is the uh was the uh mount for the uh for god and that adihuedo when it when it came to earth and uh moved across the earth it created mountains and valleys and 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 the ponds and lakes and things like that and now it lives under the ground. And so whenever the earth rumbers, that's Adihuedo moving under the ground. 
Interesting. Almost sounds like Tremors, the movie, you know, those giant worms under the ground. Um, which country in Africa is that from? Uh, I, I can't I can't really see off the top of my head. I think I was just looking at overall legends of African descent, but I pulled a lot from Swahili, All right. from Swahili and um, uh, Southern Africa was a lot where most of that was from. Ah, okay, okay. No, that's that's cool. All right, cool. So I think you've told us two things you've learned. Uh, maybe you can make it five. Would five be too much? No, not at all. Uh, my biggest thing is that, you know, as a writer, especially, I read all the time. And I'm sure you do. I'm sure you yeah. know that as well as a writer yourself. You know, reading is what makes yeah. us. It helps inspire us. I've I've read basically almost every fantasy author out there from Tolkien. Michael Moorcock in the Elric series is one of my favorites. Of course, Terry Brooks in the Shannara series. That's another one of my favorites. C.S. Yeah. Lewis. You know, I read, but I also read things like, uh, you know, uh, Arthur C. Clarke um, and science fiction. Th those are some of my favorites as well. You have to read to be able to write and then take from that the inspiration, but be still be original to yeah. yourself. I mean, my stories came, to be yeah. honest with you, my stories came from when I was early in my career. I'm a, I'm a retired veteran of the United States Navy. And uh, early in my early in okay. my career, back in, in the early days of the 80s, uh, before there was video games and the Internet and, you know, satellite TV and things like that, you get bored a lot of long hours at sea, especially when you're off at night. And I I used to play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons and that that helped yeah. formulate my imagination, you know, because being able to create characters and create different worlds. That was the beginning for me of, of, of creating my stories. And then as a sailor, you're, of course, you're separated from your family. So I used to have a lot of dreams about, uh, you know, missing my family. And I would dream about being with them on a fantasy island with, of medieval fantasy like that. And that recurring dream happened to me throughout my entire career until – it, near the end of my career, my last deployment, I said, I'm going to start writing this stuff down. So I started writing it. And that's where the story came developed. In a, and, and I developed my book and everything, my first novel, Forever Avalon. And the funny thing is, is as soon as yeah. I wrote that story down, I stopped having the dream. So there were. Really? Yeah, it, 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 it's, and that's happened to me. Uh, before as well that's it's i don't know what it is it's something and my stories come in my dreams i write them down and when they're down they're done interesting i've never come across that it, before it's, it's been a part of me as a writer and so that's what i'm saying it, you've got to you know i think by reading you get that inspiration and it helps you develop your own stories yeah Okay, interesting. But then something that keeps coming to mind, and I don't know if this is a stupid question, so pardon me if it is a stupid question, but it's the the name, part of the name of your book title, Avalon, right? I've read a lot of fantasy books in the past, probably not as much now as I used to before. The word Avalon sounds familiar, like I've read another book that's got that name. 
Um, so how did you come about the word Avalon in yours? Is that like something really popular with the um, fantasy or how did you come up? Well, with that is the king from the King Arthur legend. Avalon was the final resting place of Arthur. It was basically the magical island where the Lady of the Lake took Arthur to after he died. Yeah. Um, and I've read other books as well as, you know, I mean, Avalon is associated with Glastonbury, Glastonbury Tor. And, you know, that the legends yeah. used to state that, that at one time water surrounded Glastonbury Tor and that that was considered the island of Avalon. Um, uh, I, I, I took it in a little more of a, of a fantasy stance that Avalon was a, a place separate from the regular, the real world. Of, and it was a place of magic. I've always thought of it as that. Whenever you think, of, whenever I thought of it, you know, I always considered that as a, a place of magic. So I took it from the literal sense of what the legend was. And I just expanded upon it and made it my own place, a separate island of, of everything yeah. magical. Where, you know, and this is where, like I said, when Merlin brought everything magic there. So in Avalon now, you have elves, dwarves, uh, all magical centaurs, giants, all kinds of magical creatures, dragons, but also goblins, ogres, bad things as well. So um, the humans that came over, any humans that were touched by magic came over with the spell and of course, they form the new society there. So you have a new Camelot as the capital of Avalon and a new Knights of the Round Table, and they protect the people there. And again, this is just, yeah. I just took my the story, the legend, and just expanded on it and created my own world. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense a lot. Um, you know, because I know I've said, but I just wasn't thinking or what was the correlation um, with your own story. So thanks for clarifying that. Um, you know, we're going into that time where I probably have to kick you out of the virtual cafe. Um, and I feel bad I didn't offer you any virtual drinks because, you know, we're all self-isolated. But do you have any final words of wisdom for the listeners of the show today? Uh, I would just say for any authors out there, don't, don't give up because it can be frustrating. Believe me, I know I've been doing this for over 20 years and, you know, my wife tells me, looks at me when she says, you can't spend any more money on this, uh, on a hobby. And to me, yeah, I know it's a hobby, but it's more than a hobby. It's, it's what I want to do. It's my passion. And I want to do, it's my passion. And I'm not doing it for the sake of being I'm famous. Doing I'm doing it because I love to write. I'm a storyteller and yeah. telling my stories is what I want to do. And so however I can do it, I want to do it. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure um, having you on the show today. Um, if listeners wanted to connect with you, how can they do that? Well, they can. Uh, my novels is the Forever Avalon series. It's Forever Avalon, The Dark Tides, and the latest book is The Outlander War. Just came out. Uh, but they can find me at Arthur Author Mark Piggott, dot wordpress dot com. 
Awesome. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show and hope we'll be able to catch you on another time soon, possibly when your next book is out. We would definitely love to do that. Thank you so much. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of today's episode of the Shekelola Salami Show. I hope you enjoyed listening to it and then catch you again next week on the Shekelola Salami Show. And that brings us to the end of today's episode of the Shekelola Salami Show. Um, I hope you've enjoyed listening to today's episode. Um, I would really appreciate it if you would consider leaving a review of the show because it sort of helps me know what I'm doing right, what I'm not doing so right, and what I need to improve. Um, if you know anyone else who would benefit um, or who would enjoy the show, please do share the show with everyone in your network. Thank you very much. And until next time, again, it is the Shekelola Salami Show. Bye now.